This is the official Caps Shirt Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I'm back with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. Hello, I'm here. Caps fans, we've got Polly live in studio, so no more delays between our uh, internet connections. We're straight up live, bringing it to you raw, as we always do. Caps fans, we've got an incredible episode for you this Monday. As always, we're going to be talking about league news, which unfortunately there is a ton of bad, and... Not dissimilarly, but less bad, much less bad, in fact, uh, a little bit of Washington Capitals news. Yeah, it's bad, but in um, a less serious way. Absolutely. And when looked at on a spectrum of bad, pretty much good compared to what we're <laughs> going to be talking about with the NHL. So, Polly, what do you think? We should some, just pop some tabs and just get into it. Let's do it. One, two, three. Oh, Polly, man, you know, being live, and for anybody who's watching the stream at 11.45 on a Sunday, thanks, there's three of you. Thanks, we love you. Huge numbers, huge numbers. Um, I but think each of you is making us about 1.5 cents right now. Is it that much? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, 1.5% of a cent, maybe. Yeah. Um, but that's 1.5 cent richer than we were before. And we do appreciate it. Thank Absolutely. You. Love you, mean it. Love you, mean it. Um, okay, well, let's start off a little bit of somewhat light news. You know, I totally lost sight of this Corey Perry thing, dude. Do you remember? He went to the Players Assistance Program. Yeah. Kind of was a UFA in the mix. A lot of questions about whether he was going to be a player anymore. Yeah. Um, it kind of fell off the radar there. Uh, we weren't sure where he was going to end up, what was going on, but... Something happened. Signed by the Oilers, who I guess needed Corey Perry. I mean, look, you know, whatever you say about Corey Perry, he's effective. Yeah, I think Dreisaitl and McDavid having Corey Perry in front of the net, that's going to be scary power play. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, I guess to cap it all off, there's still a 90% chance that he did not fuck Bedard's mom. Yeah. So the const this is this is a huge example of like the construct getting way bigger than what is actual reality. Yeah, I mean the mob really took this on. Yeah, and clearly it was so sensational that even us, the uh, very responsible broadcasters that we are, yeah, you know, uh, did not pick up on. Oh yeah, forgot this drama about Corey Perry. But all in all, pretty happy that, you know, the guy seemed pretty pumped in the press conferences and stuff. He seems like he's really, like, back and his problem with alcohol and things that, you know, were happening um, with Chicago, hopefully water on the bridge. Yeah, I did see that apparently John Scott said that it was uh, a team event, Corey Perry was intoxicated and he embarrassed a team executive or went after a team executive verbally something along those lines is what john scott said um but so basically once that you know the alcohol side of the story came out you know 
basically John Scott was like, that's the reality. Hmm. Interesting. Well, you know, we live in a world where John Scott is a, is a fucking plug. Well, I mean, he does have an engineering degree. So, like, he's probably one of the smarter guys to go through the show. Look, I mean, I, I've got no hate towards John Scott. Loved it when he made the All Star Game. Did all that epic shit. And if you know, if you're, if you don't know what we're talking about, please look it up. John Scott All Star Game. But I do I not like, huh? I cried during <laughs> his when he scored his goal. He scored a hat trick. Yeah, but his first goal. Yeah, I was just like, this is it. <laughs> Making all beer leaguers fucking half chub. Yeah. Um, but. You know, I, I didn't like his comments about Ovi last season. Yeah. Um, if he would have made it this season, the guy may have been vindicated, but uh, I still would not have liked it. Yeah, me neither. I, I definitely agree with you on that. It would have been worse if he was right. So if he would have, yeah. you know, he should have just doubled down this yeah. season. I appreciate his uh, error in timing. Yeah, exactly. Um, moving on, though, Matthews. Austin Matthews, this guy, he plays for the Toronto Maple Leafs. 600 career points already. Fastest Leaf to do that. Now, say what you will about the success or lack uh, thereof of the Toronto Maple Leafs, but the fastest, that's a storied franchise. It's an original six, Yeah. and he's the fastest to get 600 career points. Uh, that's a big deal. Yeah, it is. That's, that's something to hang the hat on. Yeah. Um, And, you know, there's always speculation, like, when is McDavid going to leave the Oilers? When is Matthews going to leave Toronto if they don't get the cup? Uh, Each of these players are carving out their own, whether they win a cup with each team, each respective team or not, they're absolutely carving out a pretty large chunk of history for themselves. Oh, absolutely. uh, They've been fun to watch and a lot of time ahead of them. I, I've forbid myself from, unless they come across my feed, looking up any highlights from Matthews or McDavid because they're just so nasty and I, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Yeah. We still have our guy. Right. All right. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to just, you know, start giving another guy props as hard as I do Ovi. Yeah. In three or four years. Right. Yeah. Then it'll be ready. When they start looking at the four figure points, then yeah. I'll be like, okay. Word. I'm I'm ready now. My body is ready. Yeah. <laughs> the Blackhawks re-sign Mrazic for another two years. 4.26 per season. It's two years. This is a rebuild contract. They need some stability somewhere. Mm-hmm. And might as well be in the goaltending position, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do it, that's where you do it. Right. Good, bad, or ugly. They've got Mrazic for two years. I've always liked Peter Mrazek. I thought he had a lot of potential. Unfortunately, he's just never been able to like get and be, I don't think, like a number one bona fide top tier starter. He's always had his position challenged, and you know, maybe it's just where he landed. But at the same time, you know, greatness finds a way. Yeah. And I just don't think he ever got to that point. Though the games that I have seen him, and again, I'm not a big follower of his career, though I have you know, he's when his name goes across the feed, I perk up. I've always thought he's been pretty serviceable. Um, apparently, he's found a number one in the basement dwelling Blackhawks team with a number one prospect on it. Take it where you can get it. Mm-hmm. 
I'll take point four million yeah, right, right now. You know, <clears throat> uh, got some PWHL news. Yeah. So you know, new league. Basically, every night a new record's being set, and over the weekend, uh, Boston's Taylor, which is Newski, received the first suspension in PWHL history. High hit on Ottawa's Amanda Bouillet. One game, uh, shoulder to head. It, it was the right call. Um, yeah. Love that they're letting the girls mix it up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it is very physical, but this one probably would have been a suspension in the NHL, too. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so, you know, my daughter plays, uh, you know, in her youth league stuff. And I'm going to be honest, I think her greatest asset is she's undersized. She's very small. She's small compared to a lot of the kids, but takes the body. And I believe that that play should be rewarded. Yeah. You know, the PWHL in women's hockey is not contact free. It is not a no contact league. It's still at its core is hockey. And you're never going to play no contact hockey. You know, it's not like football where there's a no contact kind of flag type thing going on, which I never really, I played call. I played that flag football league in college at intramural thing. I got looped into it. For one game. Showed up to one game. It sucked. It was yeah. terrible. How'd you do? God awful. <laughs> we're playing against guys who were like part of the actual football team, I think, at one point. Or, you know. Well, were, yeah. There were a lot of guys who didn't graduate when they ran out of eligibility. So right. They were still in school. Right. So I'm like hiking the ball. I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> uh, and the two dudes are I'm looking at. They're like, we're going to cross. We're going to do all these like crazy players. This guy can't stop us. And I'm like, no shit, I can't stop you, dude. You guys are like six, seven, nine hundred pounds between the both of you, you fat fucks. And so, of course, it did not go well. We got crushed every single time. I mean, it was, I have no idea. I don't even know. I don't even know if we scored a point. That tracks. Yeah, I don't even know what how it was scored. I don't even think, I don't think it touched, it wasn't, you couldn't kick it, so I think it was just like one point for getting in the end zone. You played in it, didn't you? Yeah. No, it was, uh, you'd get your touchdown, and then you either went for one or two. How would you go for one? uh, One was at like the three yard line, and two was at the five. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Either way, it was highly frustrating because I would have guys locked in and be like, I'm just going to shove him out of the bounds. And that was not, that was frowned upon in flag football, apparently. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. They didn't want you getting too physical. Right. And then the whole thing with like actually gr- ripping the flag off, that's a skill in itself. Yeah, it is. And, you know, the NFL has switched to the Pro Bowl being flag football because. Oh, really? Well, over the years. The game has kind of become a farce because people didn't really want to hit each other. And then when someone did lay a big hit, they looked like an asshole. So, to your point, they have switched to a non-contact version of football. There's literally flags on these guys' belts? Yeah. Oh. They play with no equipment, just play flag football. 
Oh. The weekend's called like the Pro Bowl games. So they do like a skills competition and flag football. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. You know my thoughts on football. Yeah. But anyway, to your point, you can do that in football. You can have a non-contact version. Um, you know, nearly but, impossible in hockey. Yeah, cuz even if checking's not allowed, you're still bumping each other out on the boards. Right. And that's what you get in this game. Really the only difference is it's not legal to just like crush people. True. But, but you're still beating each other up a lot. Yeah. So, you know, shout out Taylor Wisniewski. Wisniewski. Um absolute stud. That's a that, that was the first PWHL so sussy. I'd probably want a plaque. I'd get a game puck. You gotta least. get in the record book somehow, right? Exactly. And for me, even in beer league, you know, I'm not showing up on the score sheet unless it's the pinned column. Yeah. Well, or if I score on a pass from you. That's true, which happens hmm, two, three times out of 100. Oh, dude, speaking of beer league, real quick. Okay. So we had our, a game tonight, and the geniuses at the rink yeah. put us in locker rooms that shared a bathroom. Like, can you imagine? Against the other team? Yeah. Can you imagine if this had been a chippy game? <laughs> like, I'm not saying a fight, fight would have happened. Yeah, we did. We made some jokes about that. But it's like... You know, that's really something you should have tried to avoid, having opposing teams share a bathroom. Right. Because even if it wasn't, like, the shower thing, like, if guys are talking shit in the hallway, and then, you know, someone opens the door and keeps going, you're all right there. Like, I just think that's, uh... All I'm thinking about right now is that scene in in Viggo Mortensen's movie, uh... Eastern Promises, where he's, like, the Russian mob guy, and then he has to, like, kill people in the shower, and everybody's naked. There's just wieners flying everywhere. Do you remember this? Have you seen that movie? It's another movie I need to see. Oh, dude, I think you'd actually like it, but it's not a bad mob movie. Russian mob. So. It's always a nice difference there. Right. (laughs) All right, anyways, enough about fighting dudes naked in the shower. Yeah. Uh, Parise to the Avalanche, one year... 825K, league men. Yeah. Was Parise... I think it's a little higher than league men. I think league men's 700-something. Is it, though? Uh, No, I think it went up. I think it went up. You can look it up, but I think it went up to around... Either way, 100K off league men ain't shit. Yeah. Was he a UFA? How did this happen? So, he... We're talking about Zach, right? Yeah. Okay. 775 is the minimum. Okay. Um... So he, yeah, he was UFA. Um, apparently, New York had an interest in him coming back, but he took the summer and then half of the season to decide if he wanted to come back or not and signed with the Avalanche. Good for him. Yeah, might get a cup. He's been there before, no? No. He Never. was in Minnesota. That's right. That's right. Okay. Well, hey, good for him. Um, I wish I could take a year off and just get hired. Yeah, for almost a million dollars. Good for him either way. Um, all right, on to the bullshit part of the segment. Uh, some pretty bad news out of, I think, league-wide, just kind of a tarnish on the sport, unfortunately. Carter Hart, 
and I'm just opening that because this leads into another. I'm not assessing blame on any of this yet. Uh, but Carter Hart did announce an indefinite leave of absence from the Flyers for personal reason. There's a lot of speculation that he may have been linked to the 2018 World Juniors uh, Canada team, who is really under fire for the sexual abuse of a singular woman in a hotel room um, during one of their, during the tournament, I believe. Yeah. Um, Five. Uh, I think it was a fundraiser. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. It was a fundraiser. It was at like a hotel conference room. Yes. And they went upstairs. Okay. And all the players were there and they were partying and doing whatever. Um, Unfortunately, and then again, the only reason I'm mentioning Carter Hart is because he's on the list of players who have all taken leaves of absence from their respective clubs. There are five members of this 2018 World Juniors team who are anonymous at this point, who have not been named uh, by the order, but they have been commanded to surrender to the London, Ontario police. Um, Coincidentally, though, there are five players on that former team that have asked to take leaves of absence from their club. Carter Hart, Cal Foote, Michael McLeod, Dylan Dubé, and Alex Formanton. Now, the first four are all playing for NHL clubs, but Alex Formanton was playing in Europe, and the rest of the NHLers, like I said, you probably recognize. Uh, The timing of it seems has obviously raised some eyebrows in the sports media world, wouldn't you say, Polly? Yeah. Um, do you mean, like, the time between? Well, what had happened was basically the timeline breaks down to about a week before the announcement that five players have been commanded to surrender to the Ontario police. There have been these leaves of absence, and then coincidentally, what links all of these leaves of absence is they all played on that 2018 World Junior Team yeah. for Canada. I mean, it seems like the anonymity is a formality at this point. Ooh, I, that's I, I look, folks. We have really no proof or anything to go on this, but the coincidences are incredibly glaring and there has been a lot of media work done to finger these guys. Yeah. Um, You know, there's not a whole lot of... So there was talk about this a couple years ago um, about issues with this group of guys and then things went away. Mm. And now uh, it has resurfaced uh, well, the, the victim is, I mean, <clears throat> there's been a lot of drama, and, and I encourage you guys all to look. As hockey fans, you should probably be aware of this. I mean, you need to know the truth about what you're watching and the people that you're maybe supporting and things like that, I believe. Yeah. Um, so do your own research in that sense. You know, I hate to sound like some fucking weird conspiracy theorist on that. Um, and I really don't want to... I believe that people are innocent until proven guilty, for sure. Unfortunately, the actions that are speaking incredibly loud with these players does not bode well optically or logically, if you think that uh, that way. Yeah, and I think I saw that um, the NHL has suspended sales of these jerseys. 
No shit. Have they really? At least Hart and Dubé. Okay. Well, look, I mean, if these people were um, guilty of what is being said, which is the sexual assault of a woman in a hotel room by many, if not all, of these players, um, they should pay to the highest extent of the law. Yeah. Um, you know, this is... Uh, there, there's been a couple big scandals that have come out, and I think that, you know, this is, this is one of them, obviously. The Blackhawks have had, you know, their spot in the infamy limelight, and honestly, you know, I think that's good. We have to get this shit out of hockey. This is not how people should act doesn't matter how fucking famous you are, how fucking good you are at a fucking sport. This is bullshit. And I think that if they are found guilty, uh, beyond a reasonable doubt, they should be dragged through the fucking mud. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Again, this is all speculation, but we're just presenting, hopefully, as accurately as possible. Again, we're not journalists. We're just couple slobs on a mic the actions that have the the things that have taken place in the past couple weeks uh ultimately i think that the woman who remains anonymous should get her day in court and seek justice and i'm glad that that's happening yeah absolutely i mean um no matter what you do um no one's immune to the law and especially this kind of crime um you know, if it did happen, then the perpetrators deserve what they get. Swift justice. Yeah. And maybe what I saw about the jerseys was bogus. So, um, take it back. Yeah. So, uh, maybe that was a bad piece of information because it was, I could just see there were Carter Hart jerseys on the website. So, right. So, remove that. But, right. Uh, but, uh, right now, and, and again, uh, it really sucks to say, but there's a lot of there's a lot of secretism, I think, involved in this. Yeah. And the bullshit part, I think, is that it's taken six years for this to come to something, anything. Uh, you're right, Polly. This was a thing a few years ago, a couple years ago, and it was on the verge of being swept under the rug. Yeah. And that's fucking unacceptable. Absolutely. These people need to be held, whoever they are, need to be held accountable for their actions, which were absolutely deplorable. And I guess we'll just leave it at that. I don't know. Yeah. Until we know more, Capstones, we'll let you know. Yeah. I mean, there's some articles out there that talk about summarizing the case. Um, without being able to look more into that, I don't want to go into that. But right. there apparently are some details out there that aren't hard to find, you know, to find out more on what's going on. Exactly. Um, it's been well documented. Uh, it's a big scandal in the hockey world right now. And like I said, should be, should be addressed by swift justice. Unfortunately, the justice have not, has not been so swift in this case. Uh, but hopefully there is a light at the end of the tunnel here soon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Some more bad news. I hate to be piling on here. Mike Ribeiro facing two counts of sexual assault. One count of attempted sexual assault stemming from a few incidents on June 23rd of 2021. According to court records, uh, he's chosen to go to jury trial. And if found guilty, he could face up to, what, 50 years in prison? Yeah. So in the state of Texas, it is 20 years for each sexual assault and 10 for attempted. So if he were found guilty of all three and they gave him the full sentence. Max, right. Yeah. Um, Which unfortunately rarely happens, we'll say that. Yeah. Uh, this was an incident that happened on a boat near his lake house. He was saying, or you know, the, the background is he was trying to show the victims his house who were interested in buying. Right. Um, and then things took a bad turn. Yep. Um, so, like we said, we'll, we'll let you know. Mike Ribeiro was, uh, was, was an outstanding player during his time in the NHL. Uh, unfortunately, though, he had a lot of things go wrong. Obviously, he was with the Caps, he was pretty, pretty solid as far as the player goes. But there's no, there's no saving grace for this. Uh, you know, Mike Ribeiro was sued by a former nanny for sexual assault in 2012 for over a million dollars. Uh, not exactly sure how that ended up, but this is a guy who has a record. Yeah, and um, you know, that definitely will probably come up in his trial. Yep, absolutely. So, you know, these are the things that, uh, unfortunately, I think really tarnish the greatest sport in the world. Absolutely. And just like the Team Canada case, um, you know, you can Google and like the uh, local Dallas news stations and stuff are kind of given updates of what happens in court so you can stay informed there. Yeah. Either way, I think that it's uh, our stance is clear. There's no room for this in hockey. No. So I hope that the perpetrators are found guilty if they are, you know, to the extent of the law, obviously, and uh, never get to influence the greatest game on the planet ever again. Absolutely. There it is. All right, we'll move on to some suspensions. <laughs> Gallagher, five games for a hit to the head of Pellick. Pellick was injured and has a history of concussions. Definitely a flying elbow. Match penalty on the play. This is very well deserved. Gallagher doesn't have a history, but, I mean, this is pretty dirty hit. Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't have any problem with this number of games. And, you know, anytime the refs who see it live issue a match, you know it's nothing to fuck around with. Yeah, because, you know, the refs are dumb as shit. So if they they can see it. If they can fucking see it, these blind fucks, then, you know, good good on them. Um, It was incredibly blatant. Guy... Coming through the middle from the blind side, taking a flying elbow. Uh, you just can't do that. You can't do that. Um, speaking of elbowing, though, another suspension. Jacob Truba, two for elbowing. Dorofeyev um, from Las Vegas. I didn't get to see this play, did you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's well-deserved. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Jacob Truba gets, gets the limbs up high. He plays on the edge. Yeah. You know, uh... I like Jacob Truba. Yeah, we made a nice TikTok about him. Yeah, as I would. But 
at the same time, can't be doing that shit. Can't be getting called out for blatant ones like Gallagher and Truba. So here it is. You know, hockey's a fast game, but at the same time, you got to keep your players safe. And I think that these are two good calls here. Listen, if any of you listening are kids, which you probably shouldn't be listening if you are. (laughs) Yeah, I hope there's no kids. If you are, when you hit, do it with your shoulder. Right. Drive through. Explode through the hit with your legs. And you're going to have more power hit with your shoulder anyway. It's closer to your center of gravity. And, you know, just hit with your shoulder. Or better, hit with your butt. Hip checks are the best. Ooh, the forgotten art. Yeah. Yeah. Hip check. Don't, don't, you know, don't discredit your own ass, folks. Kids. (laughs) Kids. When I was at... um, (laughs) The first year I made travel hockey was peewee, so it was going into my seventh grade year. And as a, a reward, my parents sent me to a hockey camp. It was a week-long mm. overnight at Notre Dame. Tight. Yeah, it was sick. I mean, you know, we were on the ice two times a day. We did Food. Oh, yeah, good food, off-ice stuff. We watched film and stuff, and... <laughs> Our, like, camp counselors were the players, and I wish I would have remembered names better, but um, someone, during film, it was like, what do you want to watch? NHL's greatest goals, greatest this, greatest that. We always picked hits. Yeah. And (laughs) (laughs) uh, someone said something about hip checks, and the guy, one of the players was like, dude, my buddy got a hip check, and it broke, like, his whole leg. Yeah. So, don't knock the hip check. Yeah. Were there, the person who called it out was bagging hip checks? Yeah, someone was saying, like, they're not as good as the shoulder check. Really? Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, 12-year-olds. Right. Hey, low man always wins. Yeah. And the lowest part of your body that has any impact is your ass and your hips. So, hey, I... And the best part about hip checks is... Generally, they incur, you may fall down or, or you may stumble, but they incur the least amount of damage on the person throwing the hit. Oh, yeah. You got all the cushion. Right. Like you drive through a guy shoulder to shoulder or shoulder to chest. You know, that you could hurt yourself doing that. That You may get a stinger. Obviously, the adrenaline and, and the elation of flattening a person has you in the moment. But when you get to the bench, you might be like, Ugh. you might do the like, my sternum feels a little fucking <laughs> collapsed. You know, you like you're, but everybody's tapping you on the shoulder and like giving you props. You're like, okay, I'm going to be tough. But with a hip check, man, zero, nothing. Yeah. You feel nothing. And it's just plow. If you do it right, you feel nothing, zero damage. And dude gets absolutely helicoptered. Yeah. Yeah. Hip checks are legit. Uh, takes a lot of really good skating to be able to pull that off too. Yeah. Good timing. Good skating. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, Capstones, we haven't done a troll poll in a long time. So I've got Twitter up. I did a troll poll uh, last week. And my troll polls on Capster, at Capster, if you can find them, they're usually once a week. I haven't done, you know, they're sporadic. You know, they're they're a bit of a new segment for us. We're, we're feeling it out. We've got some decent interaction on this last one. I said, what's the tr- the troll poll of the week is, do you think Marc-Andre Fleury is on the same level as goaltending greats like Hasek, Broder, and Wah? And of course, my disclaimer, all comments 
will be read on Monday's episode. This is a Monday's episode, so here we go. Uh, the options were yes, I'm Delulu, which is the wrong answer, and no, parentheses, right answer. So look, these tr- these polls may or may not be, you know, a Gallup poll. We're not trying to lead you in any way, but you know, we uh, the hockey troll puts his own flair on things. We got to make it a little spicy. Thirty uh, percent said yes, I'm Delulu. Yeah, you know, if we were in court, this would be objection leading, <laughs> leading the witness. Hey, you know what? Thirty percent of you out there of the forty-three votes that we did get, uh, I. Applaud you for your delusional take and to follow that blindly into your grave, apparently, because we're about to roast you on <laughs> this podcast. 70%, perfect clean, 70-30% split, right answer to wrong. Ultimately, what I learned from this whole thing was that I'm happy that there are actually people that do not think Marc-Andre Fleury is on the same punching weight in the weight class of Hashik Broder and Roy. You agree. Yeah, I mean, Polly. I I think he's great. Um, he's not a bad goalie. I don't think he's with those guys. Legend. He's not goaded. Yeah, if you will, as as Gen Z would like to say. Yeah, right. He's not goaded, but he is good. The other guys that I mentioned, Hashik, Broder, and Wah, goats. Top three NHL all time. In the modern NHL. Now we could go back to Dryden, Ages, and even before, Sawchuck. You know, these are guys that won multiple cups, but there were six teams in the league. Yeah. And you couldn't lift the puck. Yeah. A little different. Yeah. Um, Their stories are uniquely ridiculous, though. Yeah. During that time, there were no such thing as a backup goalie. The goalie had to be in there, no helmet, little pads, and play night in and night out for the entire schedule. Or you had to literally go into the stands and say, does anyone want to fucking strap up? Yeah, there's a good movie about Terry Sawchuck and Ken Dryden's book, The Game. I think what that's called Goalie, right? Yeah, the movie. Yeah, we had the we had the director of that movie yeah. on the podcast years ago. That might have been year one of the Capture podcast, and she yeah. was great. Uh, it's just called Goalie. That's a good movie. And About then, ter- Terry Sawchuck. Sarah, yeah. Sarah, Terry Sawchuck. And then Ken Dryden, The Game. He has other books, but his book, The Game, very good. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, but we're talking about modern NHL, guys who can roof it. Top 90, top 90, right? Yeah. Top 90 corners, top 90 shot velocity. Um, okay, anyways. 30% said they're delusional. Um, and we did get some comments. So we've got Stephen Condor at Condor Stephen. Yes, the caps in the, or wait, against the caps in the postseason, then yes. Well, that's fair. Thanks a lot. Yeah, well, that hurts a little bit, but whatever. Xavier at Dick Nowder. Uh, huge meme account. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think everybody listening is probably familiar with his work. Yeah, if, yeah. I mean, good stuff. You may not even know you're familiar with it, but he goes, nope, not at all. And I go, you know, right answer. He then also uh, supplies a graphic. Graphic shows Marc-Andre Fleury's starter ranking goals saved above expected per 60 in every regular season and playoff since 2007-2008 up till 2020. 
overrated. And I maintain he always won from the bench. And Marc-Andre Fleury did. You know, he's he supplies Xavier did supply a graph 2009. He was a negative 22 goals against. Uh, and then a negative 10 in expected. Or gold saved above average. I'm sorry. Go, I'm sorry. Goal saved above expected. So, you know, these are fancy stats. But there's a lot of red on this graph. I'll just say that. Right. So... I I have to agree. You know, I think uh, I think Mark Andre Fleury is a fraud, <laughs> a a decent goalie in our time, but to f- I mean, think about this: is there a goalie who you came into a game and you just expected him to win the game for his team anymore in the NHL? To was it Steven Steven's point? Crowd Crowder Crowder Xavier? No, the first guy. Oh, yeah, Stephen Condor. Yeah. Condor, yeah. To yeah. Stephen Condor's point, as a Caps fan, yes, I felt that way with Flurry. No other time have I felt that way. When they played the Cup, I was convinced the only way the Caps were losing this series was if Flurry stole it, which he did not. I agree. and there, But there's a lot to talk about on that Vegas team. About how you know they were so top heavy, all yeah. their scoring was coming the first line. Like we but were a much deeper team. All of those things were why I thought Flurry was their only chance, and because of Flurry's past, you know there were times. I'm I think there was that one game seven. Ovi had two or three goals, but the Pens just completely outscored the Caps, and right. it was like because. Even though Ovi scored some, Flurry stoned Ovi on a couple good looks. Right. I mean, nightmare situation, which is, a, I'm sure, a replay burned into all longtime Caps fans, is Ovi rushing in on a straight-up zone breakaway. He's got nobody around him. Blue line in, rips the shot, and Flurry gloves it. Love save. Yep. You know, you know, that, you know that replay, yep. Caps fans. So, of course, I'm incredibly biased here. But I tried to take a little bit of a step back with this one, and I definitely believe that Marc-Andre Fleury is 100% overrated. This is a longevity play on a record um, in a completely different league to a point. So congratulations to Marc-Andre Fleury. I'm not going to take anything away from him on this. You're not? (laughs) In the sense of, hey, you know what? He's got more wins than Wah. He did do that. He did do that. He did do it. He did that, though I believe that it was because he has positioned his value to be much longer, whereas a player like Patrick Wah, who is now head coach of the Islanders, went out in his prime. Yeah, he definitely had some years ahead of him. Absolutely, and he went out and said, fuck it, and, you know, if I'm not going to be the best, then I concede it. You know, I'm going to go out on top. A lot of players do not do that. Marc-Andre Fleury sure as hell has not done that. No, I mean, he's still here. He's still hanging around. So, there. That's all, that's all I'll say. I don't know. Should we drag him anymore? Well, no, I mean, I think he has a killer personality. I think he's great for the game. And you know what? Regard. When he was on the pins... Because when he was with the Penguins, because we live near Penguins territory, unfortunately, yeah. there were so many haters that was like, 
every year it was with the with the when he was with the Penguins, literally every year, folks, trade Flurry, mm-hmm. which is just some mouth breathing logic. He was the only goalie with a pedigree, and then you were looking around the league. Okay, trade him for what? You want to get a hockey player back? Right. None existed on that level, and that's okay. You know, he's been a serviceable NHL goalie. He's been good. Has he been great? Has he been able to steal every game for you? I believe no. Yeah. There were games, and then this is again. You know, if you've picked up playing hockey, or I mean, watching hockey, uh, in the past ten years. You wouldn't have seen players, goalies especially, who were just like, it's over. From puck drop, it's over. You're never getting past me, and that is it. I I don't feel – I mean, you know, you look at uh, Bob Rofsky. Let's look at goalies who have signed big contracts in the past, like, couple years, five years. Carey Price, uh, you know, Carey Price was the last one who maybe could have done that to you. Um, I would put Vasilevsky there. Vazzy, maybe. But it was never a done deal because you look at Vazzy's team in front of him, True. which you could make the same argument for the Avalanche during Wah's time. But, yeah, they were pretty good. But when Wah wanted to shut the fucking door, he not only did it like with authority, he did it with flair. I mean, he emphatically did it in 96 um, against the Panthers. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. threw all the rats. Yeah. He was like, they're they're done, right? And then they were, and you know that was a sweep, and and obviously was a bit of a violent head case. We know that, so yeah. that only added to the allure. Was um, like the the extreme stereotype of a goalie. Yeah, and you know he had his own problems with that uh, for sure, which is not an excuse or anything. Um, but you know, I mean, Quebecois French. What do you want from? Him? Yeah, you know, can we do so much? All right. All right. Moving on, though. Capstones, we do have to pay a bit of the bills, and we talked a little bit about football earlier, but looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58. DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the game on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Right now, what, we've got the Lions versus the 49ers? No, that was today. Oh, and yeah. The Lions blew that. So we have the 49ers against the Chiefs, which I believe is a rematch of the first Mahomes Super Bowl. Well, there you go. So, you know, we were looking for some parity in the championship game this year, and it did not happen. Yeah, it was uh, 20 years of Brady, and now we're looking at 20 years of Mahomes. Boo. Sick league, bro. Anyways, download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks. To get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Polly, do you really want to talk about the Washington Capitals or should we just end it here? It's been 40 minutes. Holy shit. Fuck it. They suck.
All right, Caps fans. Well, if you've listened to last Thursday's epi, we had Dan Holmey on. What a beauty. Got talked about. He was there live, got a press pass for the mini game uh, for the Washington Capitals. But Caps fans, the Washington Capitals escaped this game or this week with an absolute gift of one point. And that's about where the good news stops. And an Ovechkin goal. And an Ovechkin goal. Even better than the one point, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. If you told me right now the trade was scrape into the playoffs and Ovi only scores five more goals and we lose for – or just whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Or the Caps totally tank and Ovi gets 25, I'm taking to 25. Tw- I'm taking the quarter every day. Yeah. 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 I'll take the 2-5 every day. Uh, I don't think the Washington Capitals are a playoff team at this point. I don't think that they're no. going to be. They're going to be. Uh, I mean, an embarrassment in a playoff round. But this all kind of. And look, you know, we gave them twenty games. We gave them the piss and vinegar out of Carberry and stuff to figure it out. But right now, the Washington Capitals are a basement dwelling team, honestly, with their play. And that really uh, was exemplified on the twenty third when they were in Minnesota again, big long um, uh, away streak, and we absolutely got decimated five to three. You know. I didn't think that the Washington Capitals played bad all night, though. Dan Holmey said that they played fucking terrible. Um, yeah. He said from the opening face-off, he could he could see it. Yeah. Um, it was definitely not good enough, as I got dinged for three until halfway through the second when Mantha buried one off a nice passing play. This was an elite passing play. I liked it, but too little too late. Uh, in the third, the Wild piled on with two more, and shout-out Mojo, one of them for his second of the game. Miss you, boo. Yeah, dude, that second goal was pretty sick. I mean, what a rifle. Um, and I believe it was bar down, too. I think it was. Yeah, so nice. They made they made Lindgren look like the journeyman he's been. Right. Well, no, Kemper was in, wasn't he? No, it was Lindgren because I was thinking, you know, that's Kemper's old team. Oh, yeah. Right, right. Okay. Um, but the, the Caps made an interesting scoring too late to answer by Oshie and Mantha again. But it was, like we said, too little too late. A rare cap sell went out shooting the opponent. Um, but the first... Wait a minute. Double check. I'm pretty sure it was Kemper in for this one. Uh, but... Last five games... Because... You're right. I'm sorry. Is, right. Lindgren played against Colorado, which is also... Kemper's old Because it was a back-to-back. Yeah. We're getting yeah. fucked on the fucking schedule here, the Washington right. You're lucky. Are. I just happened to pull up Lindgren's uh, page to verify that he's a journeyman. Eh, this is only his third team. I guess he's not really a journeyman. Um, but, right. yes, uh, Kemper was in that, and I don't know if it would have made much of a difference. Lindgren's good, but they were just... Island. The thing is that I think a lot of Capstans may be shitting on Kemper here, but the pro- the thing is that on a lot of these goals, the Minnesota Wild had 10, 20 feet to walk in and shoot. Yeah. That's unacceptable. You can't have an unobstructed lane like that to the goal, uh, especially down the middle, which is where most of these shots were taken. And uh, total team failure. Uh I think that that we can just go from there. I don't know. I mean, do you have anything else to add? No. It was a shit show. Yeah. Um, You know, and you may want to blame Kemper here, but I think that your ire would be misguided here and misdirected when it comes to the goalie. 
Uh, it was a bad team game. Yeah, very bad. The the alarming trend that you're going to see throughout this whole week is that the Washington Capitals have not done a good job defensively. In fact, it seems like they've regressed, which is something that was a strong point in their season. Uh, but it's all gone out the window at this point, right? Yeah. And so the next day, we get to go to Colorado because, you know, that's great. What a treat. What a treat. What a treat. Mile High, Mile High Arena there. And we get absolutely dusted 6-2. to two. Caps played an even period in the first, and they couldn't bury on the power play, but got dinged late in the first for a shorthanded goal during um, uh, during a Druin penalty. I haven't heard that guy's name in like three, four years. Dude. Yeah, I think he just got added to the Caps this year, or the Abs, the abs. this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, watching that first period, I thought, I was like, holy shit. The Caps are playing tonight. Right. And then Kale McCarr did Kale McCarr things. Shorthand. And, yeah, he just was like, I'll take this and I'll beat three of you on the way to my snipe. Right. And in the second, things got worse as Abe Kubel took a holding penalty, which was, I think, a little soft. It was soft, but he went over top. He did. And I feel like that's kind of like a guarantee. Yeah. And the Avs made short work of him uh, on on the PK for McKinnon's one T goal from the far goal line. I mean, wow! When I yeah, that was sick. And he's a right-handed Crosby on that one. When I was watching the Avalanche play, and I guess you know I watched them a fair amount because, as the listeners know, I'm also an Avalanche fan. Sure, um, trader. Well, I was an Avalanche fan first. So, okay, all yeah. right, whatever. Yeah. So Usurper. Just, Except the fact that you won me over. Oh, um, okay. Right. But I was watching Makar McKinnon, and I was like, man, this is like what we used to have with Ovechkin and Carlson. Yeah, and Mike Green, and insert any fucking defenseman there. But yeah. Um, and uh, what a beautiful snipe. There's nothing that anyone could have done on that no. one uh, besides cut the pass down through the middle, which is a crapshoot. Uh, unfortunately, though, it happened again in pretty much the exact same way as Bear on the end of his brutal shift shot the puck for a delay game penalty. McCarr's third point and McKinnon's second goal, the result of that. Um, you know, this team is fast and they just know where to put the puck. Uh, Ethan Bear and the rest of the Washington Capitals defense up to this point after the first in this, and you know, in the second frame looked absolutely lost. Yeah. There were times where I saw Ethan Bear just looking around confused at the high slot didn't know that's a bad that's a bad indication as to what future play could be you know I think Ethan Bear has a ton of potential but right now I think he needs to learn the system a little bit more will things get better as we move on no they will not McKinnon buried another off a Rantanen pass on a two-on-one. The Caps bumble fucked to play in the ozone. Ovi got burned on the back check, and that was a natural hattie for Nate. You know, Caps fans, as, as bad as we like to see it, or hate to say it, is that a natural hat trick is incredibly rare to see. Oh, it's beautiful. But it's, you know, it's... Shout out. It's like, uh, it's a bittersweet when it's the other team. Right. Um, you know, just real quick. Uh, I had a natural hat trick against Marshall in college. Okay, all right, that's yeah. enough. Did you hear that? That was my knee cracking. Yeah, and that's because you're old and yeah. the glory days are behind. <laughs> Talking you. about my glory days. <laughs> all right, that's a little just bring it back to reality here. But 
Uh, a natural Hattie in the NHL, very rare to see, in fact. Yeah. Uh, good for Nathan McKinnon, I guess. And the third, Strom ruined the shutout on a nice play uh, from the Strom OV patches line and then immediately got scored on again by Rantanen. There were a bunch of penalties at that point, and McKinnon rifled one to the shelf as it became 4-4. Four and four. But Dylan Strom did strike again off a nice passing play at the end, too little too late, as is the reoccurring theme this week. Glad to see someone can pad the stats, though, on a stinker like this one, like Dylan Strom, who I said was going to have a breakout season, and the top is not in for this kid. No. Unfortunately, the rest of the team cannot find even the middle. Well, I think this is the game to be the least upset about because it was the best team. Um, between the system that Bednar's put in there and the way they execute it, plus their individual, plus team speed, they're a tough team to play against. Fuck yeah. Um, and this is a style of play that I think the Caps don't see often in the East. Uh, I think even the higher talented teams in the East don't play like this. Right. Um, so luckily, I mean, unluckily, play them again February, I think, 13th. But luckily, after that, won't see him again. Yeah, and, you know, we'll be at home too. Yeah. You know, so well, maybe you know, a little bit of boost. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, after I saw that 5 to nothing loss to Edmonton at home, I don't know how much it helps. <laughs> right. Um on the twenty seventh, got a couple days, uh, and I completely missed this game. It was on a, it was on three p.m. against Dallas, uh, and we'll just start off. Ovi scored, so it's a win. Yep, that's a double. You know, coming off a six two loss, it was a nice goal too. You know, it wasn't, it was on the power play, but it wasn't the one timer. It was from the position of a defenseman, right? Uh, and he just got it through traffic. Wow, had all night and day to wind this fucker up too. Yeah, and it was four to two at this point, you know. So he's starting off a comeback. Um, and were you going to run through all this, or can I just go to the next one? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I mean, so four to three, and then the Caps. I believe they had the goalie pulled. Strom gets a late one, controversial. When was the whistle blown? When wasn't it? Right, which is just weird as shit, but. It ended up we get a little bit of luck from hockey gods there. Yeah, that was, you know, Toronto gave us a, a pat on the back there because they... It was they, loose. It was, it was. They had to discuss first what the call on the ice is, and then they had to replay. Or right. They, they reviewed it. And they overturned the call on the ice, right? No. Okay. The call it was on the a ice goal. was a goal, I believe. Well, I had my volume down, but I'm pretty sure he pointed. Yeah, they, put, they changed the scoreboard, so yeah. Okay. It, they confirmed it. Interesting. Um, and then we go to OT. <laughs> well, Ovechkin did, you know, he finally gets one shift mid-OT. Right. Mid and he had a look. They had a look out there. Yeah. But him and his stellar back-checking. Yeah. Uh, Two-on-one. Was yeah. it Was it Robertson? No, it was uh, some fucking guy who who's like a rookie. I forget his name, but, you know, some bright spots on this. Mantha continues his revenge tour, bearing the first, and then, uh, you know, he lets up a quick one. Sandine, Sandine gets his first on the board, uh, and then Duchesne, Duchesne, I'm sorry, fucking comes in and, and empties it out on us. I mean, 
Rat Marchment always scores against us, no matter what fucking team it is. I don't know why I hate this guy, but I just fucking hate his face. But he was know. in Florida before this. Yeah. yeah. Dusted us in the playoffs. Yeah. And also bullied us physically, which is even insult injury. Yeah. So, either way, that's one point out of the three. We predicted, <laughs> I predicted, an 0-3, uh, which is true. We didn't win any of the games, though we did lose in overtime. So, it was an 0-2-1 record, but... You know, I don't like to delve into this gray area that you live in. You said... What, reality? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Look, it's not part of my reality, right? You said we'd go one and two. Both of us were wrong. But you did have Ovi for one goal, and I had him for two. Yeah. I guess you win. Polly, you're like undefeated this season. I've been really off on that shit. You've had a couple, but I think... By and large. I have a much higher win percentage. Absolutely, yeah. All right, what's up with next week? Well, the Caps are in their bye week, heading into the All-Star game, and then I believe after the All-Star game, they continue the road trip. Um, but we'll we'll talk about that next week. But we got the All-Star game weekend, so um, I think it's what the... We get nine days off. Yeah, yeah, nine days off. I think it's a three-day event. Um, we'll look at that before Thursday's episode. Um, but I think it's Friday through Sunday, first weekend of February. Right. So the Caps have a big buy and they're going into all-star break. This is going to be huge. Uh, the rubber meets the road largely after the all-star break. So we'll see. But Thursday is hockey trail hip check. I'm going to be talking about maybe some, uh, trade stuff that if Brian McCollin thinks this team's worth a shit may execute. And then, Polly, you're going to be talking about the All-Star game and what's to be looked at ahead of the weekend. Yeah. And uh, until Thursday, Caps fans, High Control, Polly Cupcakes, signing off. Bye. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trollin' on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Polly underscore Cupcakes on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on social and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore. <laughs>